Okay, well, I'm just going to start, and then people can come in. And My name's Katrina Miller. We are in Seven Dimensions of a Spirit-Filled Disciple at the 1.30 session. Anything else? Name, rank, serial number. What else? Okay. <laughs> they want us to say that because they're recording it, and so when they edit it, they can know who and where we are. So, welcome. Thank you. Okay. At the first session, I um, went and checked on my phone, and there was a message from somebody saying, Katrina, where are you? There's no teacher in this classroom, and there was like a, they needed me to sub for this first class. I showed up. And I taught this at, one, at the first session. So I'm already, I would have been nervous. I would have been thinking, what am I going to say? But I already said it. I had a great time. I flowed with the Holy Spirit at the first session. But I saved you some. <laughs> but anyhow, there was a whole row of people that were here. And they're like, well, I'm going to go somewhere else now because I already heard it. So this is perfect. I've been praying for you. I've been watching the attendance list, and I've been seeing who's coming. So I welcome you, but let's pray. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for birthing this project, this initiative, from your heart and sharing it with the national office. And then they are sharing it downstream with us, with the states, and then the churches, Father God. May we all catch the vision of what you birthed through the seven dimensions. We have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive. So speak, Lord. We're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm Katrina Miller. I live in the Dayton region, and my presbyter, Tim Scarborough, is here in the back. Thank you. And um, I'm honored to be here. I've had the privilege of working on a few projects with the national office. I'm in Ohio. I live in Dayton, but I've been able to help with um, just a few small things. So I'm happy to be a messenger of this project. Um, we're going to share about this in a minute, but I want to start by saying, what is discipleship? We know it's like to be a lifelong follower of Christ, and it's relational and, and intentional. So this, it's not a program. It's an initiative from the heart of God through our national leaders, but really the heartbeat is, what are we producing? If we have a teenager that goes off to college, the 12-year-old, or 12, I mean after 12 years of school, do they know God's voice? Do they know who they are, their identity in Christ? What are we producing? So the heartbeat of the seven dimensions is who are we producing? It's all about spiritual formation. It's not a program. It's, you're going to learn that it's a framework. You're going to learn that it's a roadmap. But it's organic. It came from the heart of God. It came from the spirit of God, from our national leaders. People that gathered together said, what are we doing? How are we making disciples? What is the product? What do we have to show for it? How are our adults living it? How are we living it? So with those questions, they came up with some answers. And they came up with the seven dimensions that define what a disciple, a healthy disciple looks like. And there's um, seven components that we see. The, you know, being, We'll talk more in detail, but they're rooted in the Bible. They know it's God speaking to them. They know the Holy Spirit. They know the voice of the Father, and no other voice will they follow. They're on a mission. Not just like a mission, like missions, like you're going on a missions trip. Thank you. But mission. 
They're on mission with God. When you're born again, you enter into God's plans and purposes for you. You walk them out. You identify God's life working through you. Prayer, learning about prayer, having conversation with God and worship, how it's more than just singing on a Sunday, but everything you do is offering worship. So these, in service and generosity, these are all components of a seven, like the, the dimensions of a spirit-filled disciple. Okay. Now the other class, I came running in and I literally threw my jacket on the ground and like, I'm ready. You know what I mean? So you guys have to have that energy. I know you just ate lunch and if you look like you're going to fall asleep, I'm going to make you all stand up and say, hey, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees and toes, okay? So if I don't see some smiles and if I see anybody nodding off, I'll be like my fifth grade teacher in Rochester, New York. By the way, I don't talk fast. You listen slow, okay? So basically, I need you to engage with me. Pull it out of me, okay? The energy, I came running in first period and then or first you know, class, and I'm going to, like, my fifth grade teacher would throw chalk at people if they were not paying attention. Oh, and then Pastor Hill is in my region as well, my Dayton... My, I'm one of my Dayton Regents people. So good to see you all. So anyhow, the seven dimensions comes from the heart of God given to our national office. And it's about making disciples. It's about spiritual formation. So get that in your mind, okay? So as I share the heart of it, think of growing in Christ. Who are these people that ourselves and then people in our care on our teams, are they growing in Christ? When our youth go to college, do they know God's voice? Do they know the um, biblical worldview? So just think in those terms. What are we producing? What is the fruit of what we're doing? Hi, come on in. Oh no, we're going to say, come on down. <laughs> Here, I have a book. I have a book for you. There you go. Hello, welcome. I'm Katrina. We're talking about the seven dimensions. Now, okay, you who are here, I want one of you to tell the two new guys what I just said. What is the seven dimensions? Rephrase it. Who was listening? How would you explain it? Even just what I just said. Tell them. Okay. And. Uh, okay, my fifth grade teacher um, through chalk. I just said if anybody looks disengaged, I might just make you stand up and do head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, okay? So smile, pull it out of me, be hungry for the word of God, okay? So we're talking about spiritual formation. That's what this is all about. Who are you in Christ? Who are the people? How are they growing that you lead? Oh, come on, two more. So, okay, somebody else, uh, bring them the speed. What did they miss? <laughs> if you're if you're not if you're not engaged, we'll make you do head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Okay. So basically, um, it's not a program. It's from the heart of God, and it flows. It's like they were spirit um, led. They were seeking God. How do we make disciples? So I'm conveying and hoping casting vision, which would just be the beginning of a conversation in Ohio. You know, what can you do in like one hour? Well, probably a lot if you're a Polish New Yorker. But, <laughs> but sit down, buckle in, and we're just going to go for it. But a disciple, our, our end goal is to make... See, this is the end goal, okay? So if you're visual, this is the end goal. It's a spiritually strong disciple who knows God's voice, who yields to him, who, who seeks his heart, who knows the word of God, okay? So this is our end goal. And then we got the preschoolers over here. Okay? And so what are we going to do? We have to start with them, okay? Um, 
you, you, to show them the word, the Bible, you know, is God's word. God loves them. And there's, in your book, you'll see there's a progression of stages, um, say for adults on page 16, if you open the back. There's, it's all about steps, but it's a collaboration between kids and youth and adults, like all the ministries got together. So whatever ministry you're in, this applies to you. If you work with kids, we got you. If you, if you work with youth, we got you. Okay, this is your chance to say, hey, if you work with kids, woo, okay. So, okay, let's do it again. If you work with kids, woo. we got you. If you work with youth, woo. we got you. If you work with adults, <laughs> we got you. So this covers every age. And they all got together. And they say, how can we make disciples? And so this program, this not a program, <laughs> this um, outline, outcome guide, we give you the answers and you have to figure out the questions. We give you the outcome of what you want to achieve in a dis- your disciple-making process. Process and then you build backwards. Like, okay, I want to have a disciple who, like, when you opened up to the adult page on 18, you want to have a disciple who embraces a biblical worldview and pursues the principles for a God honoring life, who can defend their faith humbly and wisely. Like, this is what we want to achieve. There's suggested outcomes that align biblically with making disciples. So it's not something rigid that you have to sit there and you do everything to the T. These are, it's a catch the spirit of it. Catch the heart of it. Catch what are they trying to say. And so keep that in mind as you, um, you know, listen to this. I wanted to just go through a few slides. But disciples grow in these seven dimensions and they disappeared. Let's see if they come. Oh, oh, it's fancy. They kind of gradually come up. Bible. They know the word. Oh, come on. It's Holy Spirit. And they know the voice of their father. And no other voice will they follow. There was somebody at the door. He can come in, but he left. And then prayer and mission and worship service and generosity. We had that on the other screen. But we all grow in these dimensions, okay? So we covered that. But a disciple is a devoted follower of Christ. It's a call to be and a call to do. It's not a program, but it's being. You invest of yourself. You become vulnerable. You invite somebody into your life. Um, these slides are from the national office, from Ellie and Catherine, when they do the presentation. And um, they talked about in the Greek culture, they would um, they ex- were expected to deposit information and expect people to change, but with Jesus. But Jesus, his method was to follow by example. So you have people that are looking at you. There's people you can invest in, but Jesus. Just um, Mark 1, 17 to 18, and Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishes of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. So it's about following him and then it's also helping other people. Like when the baby, when your precious baby was born, you didn't leave him in the crib and say, here, well, I mean, but you, like here, go, go get some milk or go get some steak. I mean, you took care, you fed, you nurtured. And the same way, when you're born again, you're in a whole new world. It's a whole new way. You don't ever just say, go fend for yourself. When there's somebody that comes to the Lord, 
you feed them, you nurture them, you help them mature. And you have to have a heart for that. You have to see the need. So it's not a program. I think with our churches, like the general overall culture is so used to like um, programs and, and like just putting them through a system. But it's not a four-week program, discipleship. It's your life. It's, it's your whole life. It's like your whole life pouring into people, investing in people, seeing a need and just filling it and doing it and loving people, just loving people and opening yourself up. I've been um, really learning about love, just even being love. Um, my dad died, I won't talk about it, two months ago or so. And just the love of people, you know, and even like the Ohio Ministry Network, they had sent flowers to the funeral home in Rochester, New York. When I, when I got there near my, you know, dad, it was like um, flowers, you know, from Ohio Ministry Network. And there was love. Like when somebody has a need, you just show them love. And that love and people's prayers just carry you through like those heartbroken times. And so just love. Love people. Be vulnerable. Invest yourself in them. Be real. Take the mask off and just be real. And when you're hurting, say, I'm hurting. And you find somebody that you can trust and say, and, and, and you know, just pray for that person. And, and just God will connect you with people that you can trust and that, that are real and that have your back, you know. And so just part of this, you follow Jesus, but then you see people. People, if you see a teenager who's awkward and, and trying to fit in and doesn't, you go and you bring them right alongside you and you bring them into your world and you, you bring them, you help create opportunities. We all have gifts and callings and you just reach out to people. So part of this is just having the heart of God, but it's, it's like, I'm going to get to like, it's a framework that can help you go in that direction. But this is all about having the heart of God by the, you know, aligning with the word and having the spirit of God. Because we're going to talk about a roadmap and how, and what we go to as make disciples. And it's a command. And, but Jesus said just before verse 19, he goes, I've been empowered. All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. When you see a therefore, you got to look, what is it therefore? right? And it's therefore because all power, I just died and I rose and I bought back the dominion. Like Adam and Eve gave their dominion away. Jesus came back and got the dominion. He goes, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. So we go in that authority. Amen? Yeah. And that's so powerful. I think that's kept out of, out of a lot of our discipleship making concept because all power and authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. So go in that power and authority that he's invested in you. You go, you go, you go, you go, but in the power and authority. I love John 14 and through chapter 16. Jesus, he walked this earth and he was going away. He's like, I'm not going to leave you orphans. Don't worry. I got you. He goes, I'm going to send somebody to you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he did. And so when, before you received Jesus, you were all walking dead men, okay? We all were all of sin and come short of the glory of God. But when you're born again, you come alive. On the inside, you become alive. We're getting closer to doing head, shoulders, knees, and toes. 
<laughs> but when you, I'm joking, but when you're born again, you become alive inside. You have the Holy Spirit. You become alive inside. Your eyes are like windows, in a sense, to your inner man. So when you realize who you are in Christ, when you realize that you've been empowered by the Spirit, when you realize that Jesus said, all authority has been given back to me. I bought it all back through my death and resurrection. And he's saying, now go. Go, therefore, and make disciples because you've been empowered. You've got the power. You've got the power. That's a song, too. We got the power. But you got the power. You've got the power. You've got the power. Let's all say, I've got the power. I've been empowered in the name of Jesus. And I was never a cheerleader. I was never really connected with them. But, <laughs> but they're good. My son's a cheerleader at Miami University, so I respect cheerleaders now. But um, anyhow, but you've been empowered, and we're going to go and make disciples in that empowerment. And this is a tool that you can go and make disciples. And I'm getting to really kind of more what it is. It is a biblical framework to equip churches and support them to formulate a clear discipleship strategy to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Like the Duracell bunny, you know, he goes on and on and on. <laughs> well, the same thing. You, just, you make disciples that make disciples that reproduce themselves. So it's a biblical framework. How many of you are builders? You've built frames or something. So you understand the framework and how, okay, if one, what happens if one of the um, pieces of wood is crooked? Yeah. Okay, but what if you don't straighten it out and you keep building on it? Okay, and then the house will be, <laughs> so basically the biblical framework has to be accurate, it has to be squared, it has to be leveled, and um, so it's a biblical framework to equip you and to support you to formulate a clear discipleship strategy. So it's like, huh, kids just got back from camp and they're on fire for God and they experience the Holy Spirit. Huh, okay, what are we doing now to keep that fire going? Or what is our curriculum? Okay, I had speech when I was in second grade. I do not know how to say curriculum. Curriculum. I can't even say Chipotle and then salmon. Those are words that my family makes fun of me. So, curriculum. That's it. I think I got it. Curriculum. Yay! Okay. So, basically, you can examine what curriculum am I teaching? What are we producing? Are our high schoolers, when they go to college, are they going to go and be part of the surround? sorority <laughs> the frat houses and party and just not know their identity are they going to get sucked away in that current because the world is after our kids even the whole agenda the indoctrination of our from kindergarten up through preschool they've got their agenda to bring in you know to um, kind of confuse our kids. So we have to be one game up more. We have to be more intentional than our educational system. And that's why this is so critical. This is critical for every age, from preschool to the elementary to the um, youth and to the adults, to you, okay? Not just like, oh, I don't teach kids or I don't teach adults. No, you are an adult. If you're sitting here, this is for you. And you can examine your own heart. How do I fit in? What am I doing? What am I believing? Am I aligning with... Um, you know, just the biblical principles, and you can look at some of these targets. Do I embrace the biblical worldview? Do I know how to give an account? Do, can I share my testimony, like your two-minute elevator, you know, testimony if you had to? Um, do you know what you were saved from, and do you know who Jesus is and what he did for you? Do you live it? Like they said this morning about, um, what was that word up on the stage? Embrace? 
expect. <laughs> it was inspect. Are you expecting? You know, are you expecting? We have to live in expectancy. We have to live in the life of God. We have to live, okay? We have life inside of us, and there's people all around us going to hell. And I don't say that with any smile on my face, but there's people that are going to hell right next door to us and all around us. And what are we doing? Are we getting sucked up in our church little programs? I mean, that grieves God's heart. He, he wants law and order. He wants things organized, but he wants us to do all things on mission as he's birthing by his spirit and reaching the people. So if this is something to help birth life into you, a passion for the people, a passion to disciple people and to operate in the spirit and truth, so be it. Mission accomplished. Let it birth something in you. Let it ignite something in you to really examine about what are you doing and why do you do it. It's a road map. Have you ever, before the digital days of your phone when you traveled, did you ever lay a map out and map out a plan? Okay. I'm from Rochester, New York, but I live in Dayton, Ohio. So I remember before the days of phones, I would have an atlas when we would travel with eight hours up 71 and over 90 into Buffalo. And then if there was a snowstorm, we would take a detour and go all the way around. You don't go through Buffalo in a snowstorm. So basically, um, but I had the atlas. I'd love to just see where I was at. But you guys can take this um, tool and lay it out on the table. Gather around with your team and say, okay, we've got the road map. This is where we're at, okay? So how good are we at, at teaching the word of God, okay? At the kids, do they understand who they are in Christ? Is our youth group, do they really know the biblical worldview? And just break it down. So we give you the answers, the goals, the target, and then you gather, you get around the table with your cup of coffee and you spread the map out and you say, okay, this is what we're doing and this is really what we could do better. I'm, I have a few papers that we'll hand out later but this is um, the national office made this little visual for a little exercise. You can write down checks like where you're at and you can build out um, where you could be stronger and even like every year do an assessment and just see where you're at. So I have um, like a that worksheet and and I'm available. I'll give you my email even through under I'm under John Musgraves Church Health Leadership and um, you know we're available to help you break it down, talk it through, and I'm just kind of sharing a general overview right now. But it's a roadmap with measure like those little boxes on that those charts you'll see. They're like mile markers. Okay, this is where I am. And this, we're achieving this. We're teaching the word. We're yielding. We're giving space to the Holy Spirit to, you know, to have fellowship like during a pre-service prayer time or during the service. Where are you giving place to the Holy Spirit to speak and to minister? So these are guidelines. They're, 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 um, outcomes that you look at and just examine, are we doing this? Many churches are less than 200 people and um, they have like volunteer leaders who haven't been trained at a Bible school with all the, you know, the latest and greatest of the bells and the whistles and, and they're doing the best they can and they'll download some curriculum and, and some of it might be something that doesn't even touch upon the Holy Spirit and so basically we're helping you examine, and even like senior pastors can know what their kids' pastors are teaching, but even yourself, like what's your diet? Even in your own life, are you, you know, 
you know, reading the word? Are you getting a balance? And so it's just guidelines to help you with, to measure growth at every age. The kids, you guys missed that opportunity. The kids, the youth, <laughs> and the adults, they all gathered together. When they created this, they are collaborating in the national office. So it's everybody and measuring growth at every step. Okay, so I'm going to stop for one second. Does that make sense so far? Yes. Are you getting it? Yes. Do you feel it? Like just that passion of like that vision. Who has a question? Anybody? Let me feel the love. Give somebody give me one question. Why is it important that it's not a program? Well, I'm not against programs, but I'm saying that People go through the programs and they think it's going to be the one-stop shop and they think they go into the opening and then they get spit out into a spiritual form person. Beep. I mean, that program, not that kind of program. You know what I mean? That, like, so it's an initiative. It's, um, so it's not a program in where everything's defined and you do this like a robot and you will be produced into a spiritually formed mature person and that's all there is to it. You know, it's not robotic, it's not structured like that. It's organic where the teams come together and we guide you through the conversation and as your team gathers and you pray. A lot of it is you guys praying with your team and asking God and, and being spirit led. It could be different for all of us. So it's not a program because it's different for everybody because the spirit of God, you apply it. You apply the Holy Spirit to this. And then what, where you're at as a church, does that make sense? Programs? I mean, so I guess in that capacity, it's not like a one-stop shop program that's the same one-size-fits-all. It's like organic, and as you pray, the Holy Spirit will bring to light how you're doing as a church, how you're doing as a leadership, how you're doing as an individual, how you're doing as a man of God, your spiritual formation. So it's organic and life-giving. I saw Pastor Tim stand up. Just read this, but we've had some trouble even with college uh, kids going into banjo and different places, they can't even pass a basic biblical test, uh, biblical knowledge test. So we have the first generation entering Bible college and college that's wow. not at Sunday school. Wow. So the church is going to figure that out. Yeah. Interested to see where we're going. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to figure that's beyond an hour Sunday morning. Yeah. We're going to have to love these guys. Yes, and I reached out. Yeah, and when we hit the repetition, like I shared it with Nate Ortiz, who's over the youth for the Ohio, you know, and if I could help him understand what it is, and if that language is filtered in through the kids, you know, the kids' ministry and the youth and the national level is filtering it down, and we capture, capture it, and then we can share it, like um, be repetitious, like say the camps, the, you know, because it's, it's a biblical truth that can be, and um, just shared and imparted and then examined, are we hitting this? And when there's that repetition, and even the families, it all starts at home. And we love babies and we love children, so I, we're good. I'm an empty nester, so I'm like, oh, a baby. <laughs> but, um, so basically it starts at home and, and just helping equip parents, and then it's reinforced in the church. So, and there's a dialogue of how a good brainstorming and even... Ellie and um, Catherine, they were always like, you know, we can help, you know, if they ever want to do a training, they've always made themselves available. We could bring them to us, you know, and to Ohio. That would be wonderful. So basically it's like 
a roadmap that measures growth. So it's making disciples, having the spiritually formed individual who can stand when they're questioned, when there's, like, when there's um, a ch- something going on around them, they're able to respond biblically with a biblical worldview. And I have great news. I remember, um, I just heard this, that the Bible Engagement Project, are you all familiar with that? And you would have to, you know, you pay a fee, but then everybody in your church can use it. And um, it was kind of um, cumbersome where you downloaded this platform, but then you get on it in a different place. It was a little bit uncertain how to do it. July 1st, they are launching for free, but it's a pay it forward um, Bible engagement. They're making it free for everybody. And it's a brand new, like their own platform. You can download the app. And, and it's not a charge. They want the whole world to get the word of God. So stay tuned for that, okay? And that they have um, listen, learn, and like different, like three series so far. And it's good, and it helps you get in the word. And it's going to be a pay-it-forward platform. Kind of like the chosen is kind of what I think of. But it's going to be good because they want the word to get in you. They want to help you. They want to equip you. And so basically, stay tuned for that. But we can measure growth. Are they getting it? Are the preschoolers, you know, as they progress to the middle, you know, the next level? And so um, suppose you were to have a training. I know you need much more training than this. But suppose you did a training. Go ahead. Oh, it's in English and Spanish. Everything is Spanish. Ellie is bilingual. And, um, and so if they have these resources. Even this outcome guide is Spanish. So it's bilingual. It's wonderful. But um, if you were to, when you do a training, in which I'd be more than happy to help figure it out. And, but I, it would look like something like this. Like, um, Oh, <laughs> uh, suppose on like page seven, you, you, when you break down, when you unpack this, so you know there's a framework, you know it's a roadmap with certain Maya markers, but what does that look like when you go and you like, you go excite, excited and you want to talk to your pastor? Say, I learned about the seven dimensions of a spirit-filled disciple. All of the components together look like Jesus, and I want to look like Jesus too, and I want those that we're discipling to look like Jesus also. So let's do it. And he'll be like, hmm, she do it, but they'll be like, okay. <laughs> but but um, basically, you would look at Start with Bible. It's the first dimension. And you could look at the description. Disciples love and understand God's big story from like the creation to the fall to redemption. And it just talks about that with some scriptures. And then you can unpack, like if you're like preschool or if you're the adult leaders, you can you see the progression, it goes across. So this is what they learn in preschool. Kids elementary, then youth, and adults. Those are the milestones, the, the mile markers, the target, you know? And then you could say, hey, this is a progression. Are we teaching this curriculum that, where they would get this, where they understand God loves them? And, and when, when they get to the worship component dimension, like, do, I, do we understand that worship is more than just singing on a Sunday? Is it in service in every area of our life? And we worship him in our giving. And, and so basically, there's so many components to worship. Um, and so like when you talk about, like, say, the Holy Spirit, do they know the voice of 
the Holy Spirit. You know, so like you, as these can provoke questions that you can discuss, like with your team. And so these boxes, they pretty much, you go across and you can see the progression of growth. And then in the back, there's another, they laid it out at the same material, but for each age group, preschool or elementary kids. So for, let's look at adults, since we're all adults here, or youth. If you look at page 18 and 19, you can say, okay, so for the Bible, and then you go across. You say, what's a target for your adults? With the Bible, disciples embrace a biblical worldview, and they pursue the principles for a God-honoring life, and they can defend their faith humbly and wisely. And they obey God's general calling to the kingdom, and they have a personal sense of purpose and calling. And so you go across, like for like adults, Bible, you go across. And they learn the Bible by meditating on scripture. And you can say, okay, Sunday school teachers or, or small group leaders, are, where are we memorizing scripture? Use these questions to provoke questions with your team and just say, how are we studying the word? How are our people getting the word in them? I love Ellie's um, illustration how if you're going to a nursery and you just spray everybody with milk, the babies, they're just getting sprayed. They're not ingesting it. So, and, you know, and so we have to ingest the word. How are you digesting the word? How are you getting the word inside of you and, and your people you lead, you know? And so, then just think about ways that you guys are internalizing the word, not only for yourselves, but to help people get it, not just a mental ascent, but to really capture it. So these are all questions. You're like, oh, where do we really, are we teaching corporately or even doing corporately? Where are we meditating on scripture? And then, so you can just have questions. These are prompts. And it's not, and where it's not a program, it's not like where you have to do it this way. You, you, there's freedom to just talk about it and see where you grow and where you need to grow and where you can make healthy disciples. Uh, so that's, that's one way, like when you go back to your church, you can see, you know, have table talk. Like you talk about those, like that description and then the, the squares and then just talk about it. Just talk about it. What vehicle does our church utilize to ensure people are growing in God's word? What is the fruit? What is the fruit of what you're doing? That'll tell you if you walk through a field and you see a tree and it's bearing oranges. It's a, what kind of tree is it? Orange tree. Okay. And if you, so what kind of fruit? If you walk through a church and you see all these different churches, you see a church um, healthy with producing good, strong people that are energizing others. You know, they, they're rooted and grounded in the Word. So, the Bible. And then just talk. What vehicle does our church utilize to ensure people are growing in God's Word? How do we model and measure Bible engagement? And so those are questions that you bring to your team. You lay out the map. This is like the map. And you say, how are we doing this? How can we improve? What can we do better? Um, the Holy Spirit. Okay, and I just love the Holy Spirit. I love... You know, I just love that, his presence inside of me, okay? He's our teacher, our helper. And so when you realize that the Holy Spirit is who Jesus sent to you to dwell inside of you when you were born again, 
and then baptized in the Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit, but just an enhanced relationship. You've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you yield to him. You listen to him. He'll speak to you. And that's why it's so beautiful, because it's like waltzing, in a sense, where you know the voice of the Father, and you waltz. He wants the, the Father's heart. He so desperately just wants you to know he loves you and that he's there for you and that he dwells with inside of you. And when you yield to him, there's just such a waltzing. He leads and we follow. <laughs> and I almost stepped on his foot though. <laughs> I tripped on my own. But like he waltzes us. He's our teacher, our helper. He's present and he offers more power. Like he offers more power for Christian life and service. So we have him inside of us, and he wants us to know his voice, and no other voice will we follow. He wants us to be alive. He wants us to be empowered. And when we walk in that, it, it, it can't help but be contagious to people, be full of life. And then when you encounter people that are lost, your heart is just going to break for them. You may even weep for them. He wants you to be um, weep you know, with what breaks his heart. Let it break your heart. Let that be your prayer. What breaks your heart, Father? May it break mine. And then just be open, yielded vessels. Be like that light um, stick and break it and be broken. I said in my other class, I said, don't be afraid of being broken because when I went through a ministerial transition in 2015, it was horrible, hard, and it was painful. But it's beautiful now. <laughs> but when you, you get broken and you just, um, you like the seed that goes in the ground and dies and it has to die. That's what the song The Rose says, you know. Can I remember that? When I was younger, I took singing lessons about the seed and it dies, but then it brings life. And in the springtime becomes the rose. Remember that song from the 80s? Basically... But we have to die to bring life. So don't be afraid of death. I just feel that's so important for somebody here. Just don't be afraid. I'm talking about um, just being broken and feeling like you're lost. I felt lost for so many years, even though I was safe for so many years. But don't be afraid of being broken. Embrace it. Walk through it. And share Jesus with others because when you're broken, life will come and shine. You know, and praying. Praying is one of the um, components. Like you, identifying with the word. Live by the word and then the Holy Spirit have your table talk and um, and it's like God's mission I'm going through these because I don't know how much time I have let me look oh I got plenty of time basically you know another component is mission how we are all on mission we have a purpose and God has a plan for all of us Every single one of us. There's no big eyes and little U's. I mean, every single person has a place. And we need each and every one of you. You can reach people that I can't. And so basically, we are all on mission. And you can talk about what is your purpose? What is your plan? God's purpose and plan for you. And there's going to be some questions like I'm going to have a handout about how to unpack these. like Just some different questions and things that you can ask and just talk as a church or even apply to yourself as an individual so so basically you can even look at this um, for like a spiritual baby and go across I know this is like for churches and it talks about the preschooler the kids the youth and the adults but what about the newborn who's an adult a biker with all the tets he just got saved he needs to know God loves him. And he was created. So you can apply this to a newborn adult, like a spiritually newborn. 
Okay? They're, this is what they need to know and go across. And that's the spiritual formation. Physically, but apply it spiritually. You've got a new believers class. Do they know that God loves them and created them? Unique, uniquely. So you can go across. And then you can, um, actually, if you hit all the preschool ones, would be what the newborn would know. And then as they grow, you would move across. And so basically, the heart of God. I'm so sorry to have to leave. Someone's here that's sick. Oh. Oh, wait, here. Here, here, take these. And so basically, in my emails. Thank you. We got this. So, Katrina B. Miller at gmail.com. So, I'll reach out. What's your person's name who's sick? Tammy. Tammy? Can we pray for Tammy? You can go, but we'll pray for Tammy. Let's pray for Tammy. See? Father God, we lift up Tammy to you in the name of Jesus. Right now, we plead the blood of Jesus upon her. We send forth her angels to minister to her. She's an heir of salvation. So we hold her up to you. We come against anything that would still kill and destroy. Devil, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus, your infirmity. And we hold up Tammy to you. I pray for peace, and I pray for your healing in life. And I thank you for her friend, um, family member, whoever. Just thank you for blessing him. For, and I just pray for the whole team that you'll just bless them and they'll get what they need. And we lift up Tammy, and we thank you for your anointing that breaks the yoke and we worship you and honor you and praise you and we hold up our sister to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we love people. We yield to the Holy Spirit. This is about growing in spiritual formation. It's about being ready and flowing as he opens doors. It's being ready. I was ready in the break room this morning when I got Megan Boyle's text. Katrina, can you just jump in here? And I helped jump in and I did my class. I came in and I threw my coat off, literally. I threw it off and I'm like, hi. And I just jumped right in and it was fun. And there was so much, so much fun and excitement. I didn't even have time to be nervous. And then I had two ladies that were sitting right here, so that's your job now to smile and be my cheerleaders. <laughs> but it was so fun. It was it's like you always have to stay full because then when you put in a situation, it comes out of the overflow. If I was like, oh, like you know, like I need more coffee, and if I was like empty, then I wouldn't have been able to give out of the overflow. So you stay ready, you face stay strong, you stay like prayed up. Like one thing the Lord spoke to me in 2015 was that to pray in the spirit, okay? I felt like when I was lost, I was like, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? And he showed me a big, empty whiteboard. I mean, it was as white as can be and as empty as empty can be. So I had no clue. And it was a whiteboard. And he showed me to pray in the spirit, to pray it through. Because remember the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you? We connect with him with God our Father in the spirit realm and we pray and it's like taking his will we pray it through and then we birth something we pray in the spirit and it comes and manifests in the natural and so we can pray you can pray out his plan for your life it's not manipulation it's yielding to the Holy Spirit taking his heart and helping it become birthed and alive in front of you and becoming real so he showed me if I pray he will paint the picture of my life, he'll draw the story, and he'll fill up that board. And he's been filling up that board, and he's been painting. He connected me to this and that opportunity because I was obedient. I took one step here, and he opened the door there, and that I've been faithful. And um, in 2020, just before COVID hit, I met with Stacy Petty. I'm like, oh, I want to write. I don't know where to start, and I didn't really have the confidence to step out and just write. She's like, you can write for me. And I wrote a 
devotional once a week, and we put it on the Ohio Kidman website. It was a leader devotional. They're probably still there. I don't think they took them down. And then about a year later, they made a little booklet, and so I had a little booklet. And so it's like that was pretty cool. And then it opened the door to maybe to the next thing, you know, like, hey, I can write. I never knew I could write. And I'm really probably not that great of a writer. I just yield to the Holy Ghost. I listen. There's something a little prophetic about it. Like I would sit and say, okay, God, what do you want me to teach on? And there'd be a scripture. And then it would just kind of flow out of me. And I say that to say, you all have something in you. You might doubt yourself a little bit. Sometimes you just have to step out. And you also... I had somebody come alongside me and believe in me and gave me an opportunity. In a sense, Stacy helped, in a sense, disciple me. And that helped me to take my place and to be, you know, and to grow and to develop. And so we all need that person to believe in us. We all need that person to speak life into us. We all need that cheerleader. We all need somebody to say, hey, I see something inside of you. I, you know, and, and I value you. We all need that person. Because when I got ordained in 2018, I was still kind of in a little transition and not really settled anywhere yet. And um, in 2017, I like, I needed mentors, and I felt like an orphan. I was saved, I was already licensed, but I literally felt like an orphan. I honestly did. I didn't really have a mentor. I didn't have anybody to pour into me. When I would hear about all these people that had these wonderful mentors, I never had that. And I felt like the little runt trying to like swim upstream, like, you know, like me and God, you know, and I've never really had those people speak into my life, but we all need that. And the Lord's brought people into my life, you know, since then, but we have to be that person. Who is somebody in your life that you can speak into, that you can disciple? Who can you help? So this isn't just uh, a structure that you follow, you know, like as a church, it, you do, and you have those conversations. Where are we hitting these mile markers with the Bible and with the prayer? And are we creating opportunities, you know, with you know, mission and understanding God's purpose? Are we helping our youth find out their God's purpose for their lives and evaluate ways that you can live out? His mission, where are we failing? These are questions, these are conversations, and that's why it's organic because where are we successful? Where are we failing? And it's table talk. So you understand this is a target. How are we doing? And so that's what this is all about. And prayer is communicating and God speaking and listening to God individually and in the community. So how is my prayer life? How is your prayer life individually? And then when you go to church, are you having opportunities to pray together, to just to um, talk? And, and so these are p points that you learn and you discuss. And then, as Ellie says, you wrestle with. You're like, okay, how are we doing this? How can we do better? And so it's... May it birth something in your heart. May it birth a passion. May it birth something like, how are we doing and what can we do better? And these are tools. It's a guideline. It's a frame. It's a map. And, and they're questions that you ask. Okay, you know, do our kids, do our preschoolers know that prayer is talking and listening to God, you know, or this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, it's like a progression. But somebody gets saved as an adult. You it's, it's not like a program that you have to start at preschool. You can teach the material like if somebody gets saved again. What do they need to know as an adult if they're a spiritual baby? And the adults are going to produce um, 
some kind of devotional that you can take and read and um, uh, just inspect yourself. Like, where am I at in my spiritual formation? So that'll be coming out. But um, but it's these are the different dimensions, the table talk. I wanted to allow time to hand some handouts out. I have a copy of this printed out. It's like an exercise. You can write, okay, we're strong here in worship, but we're kind of weak in the prayer part. And it can just help guide your conversations. So I have like a printout that the national office had made with like a little assessment tool for you. And Tim, Pastor Tim. Can you, uh, is there downloads for this? Yeah, I've, I can email it to you. I mean, I, okay, if you go to our session, I uploaded like four attachments. And so I have, um, if you go to the sketch and you go to um, my class, like this class, the seven dimensions. Yeah, and so who, read them off. What do I have on there? I have four of them. What are the four attachments? Yes. Okay. And I, so, and then I don't know if I have this assessment, but I can add it if I don't. But um, this is what Ellie, like she did a training in New Mexico. She's the director of the discipleship. And does somebody want to, if you're with somebody, just take one per family, but just take them. And then this is what she went through. And you can take it to your team. And this helps break down. Those are questions that can help you do some application as well. So one per family, just so we don't run out. And so that's a tool. And then um, where do I start? I listened to, there was a panel of people at in Branson in January, and it was at AGLC at the national level, and I listened to a lot of their videos when they were explaining this content. And there are some questions, like these are questions that um, you can ask one another, your team. Just where do I start? And these are some questions that, um, if you want to pass those out, that provoke questions, that start questions, that like, when you're with your team. And then, Oh, I'm going to put it on the QR code. If you go to um, this QR code, it'll bring you to discipleship.ag.org. And thank you. And on there, you'll see the outcome guide. You can print out as many copies as you want. You'll see a webinar. And there's seven webinars for each dimension. And one of the things the Lord blessed me with was the, oppor was the opportunity to write the notes for that. So under the webinar, you'll see downloadable PDF, leader's guide. I did those. The Lord opened the door. So I got to do that, and I got to really become acquainted with the seven dimensions because I listened to them over and over and over again to capture the heart and then, woo, and then pick out... Uh, I'm going to put this down. <laughs> I'm dangerous. And so then, just to become acquainted with them, so um, the webinar has people like our um, Doug Clay and just so our executive leadership. And it was a great panel discussion. So, oh, and this is for kids. And then the National Kids Ministry, Julie Pratt, who used to live in Ohio, she moved to Springfield, Missouri, and she is the um, discipleship 
director, national, and she, her office put this out. And there's a website, the, um, it's like the national, like the Kidman, um, AG Kidman. They have an interactive website. And just, these I don't have as many of, so if you're interested in like the kids, but that's a visual of what we just talked about, the seven dimensions. They made a beautiful graphic with the map. And so that's a resource. And then this is what was up on the screen. This is like if you wanted an assessment, like you want to break it down with your team, you want to see where you're strong or weak, that was a resource that they had. And then um, I'll leave these three at the door. This, these are additional Assembly of God resources from the national office. Well, I think I can pass them out. When they sent me some of the booklets, they sent me for Hydrate. If you have, for the next gen, it's like some leadership training available. And then there's this book called How to Disciple Well. Here's a card. Well, I'll, it's okay. I'll sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll pass those. It's a card that... Um, you can QR code. I'm going to put one at the door. Nobody take this one because if we run out, there'll be one that you can scan. It's a book. And, oh, look at, they have it in Spanish as well. Everything's in Spanish and English. That's pretty cool. Who has a Spanish congregation in your area? Or, I mean, there's such great tools for the Spanish. Um, a lot of these, I can't remember them off the top of my head. What I think is really cool is like as a church, if you get your whole congregation to catch this vision because I feel like half of these like things that make a disciple are like our pastor and like our campuses like have cast it as like our church like vision and our vision statement mm -hmm. and so like being able to be like, no, like, and he broke it apart and did a sermon series. He's like, as a church, we want to be biblically anchored, and what does that look like? And so, and they use the verbiage all the time, and so, like, our congregation is able to, like, oh. up the, 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 vision. the vision. I think it's really cool to, like, see that it's brought out of basically, like, discipleship. Yeah. What church cool. do you go to? Um, I'm at New Life Stowe. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and I, did everybody get okay, the outcome guide? We caught you all when you came in. And so you can also, you know, the, there you can download it. That's, but discipleship.ag.org will bring you to the website so you can get more outcome guides. You can print out for your team. You'll see the webinar. They were excellent, excellent teaching with our panel of our executive leadership. And then the Kidman. They have, this is like a visual of what I just taught pretty much for the kid men. And then the healthy disciple is what um, Ellie teaches. And I thought I'd share just some prompting questions to help you break it down. And then where do I start with some really good questions? Like um, it just helps you get in the mindset. If you do meet with your team, you know, you can just talk about some of these questions. Like, unpacking the seven dimensions. Do we have a strategy in the next three years to make disciples that hit all seven of these outcomes? 
And so you just talk it through and you catch the vision. You pray and let it be spirit led. And God will lead you and guide you because he birthed it. And our, our leaders in the national and they're sharing it and they're the Holy Spirit will just kind of convey it and help you understand it and bring it into your context. And that's help you make disciples that are healthy. And but did you get all of the forms? Okay. And, so, and I loved what you shared and how, like, and it starts with our leadership having the vision and it's so critical. And then all of the departments come in line and then it filters out and it just trinkles through, you know, the leadership and it's like a flow and it's beautiful. It's the heart of God to make disciples. When I was in, see, I got saved my senior year in high school, which is kind of a little longer than, I bet you I look a lot younger than what I really so am. Sure. Yeah, but okay, I graduated in 84, so that makes me kind of old. But I remember I went to college and my pastor said, ask God what you're called to, he'll show you. And I was like a year old. I got saved through young life in high school. And so then the next year I went to college and the pastor said, ask God what you're called to. He'll show you. And I was still like a little Christian. And I said, God, what am I called to? And he showed me a multitude of babies on a hillside and then a baby spoon. So I have a heart and a passion for spiritual babies and to feed them. And that's his heart. And um, I'm backing up this way because I got saved my senior year in high school. So that was probably my first, second year in college. But when I was in high school, I went on a Young Life camp at the Adirondacks in New York, and Tom Collins was a speaker, and he gave the message, and he goes, go outside alone. And it was a crisp fall day, because it was November 11th, because I got saved, or November 12th. And I remember standing by a tree and looking up, God, I always believed in you, but I was Catholic. I never, which is good. I mean, I, I just never knew the Lord, but I um, experienced the Lord when we got all got back together in a, a group. We talked. They asked questions. And then we all like worshiped the Lord. And I remember feeling a love like never before. I was so full of love, so full of life. That is my story. If I had to tell my testimony, I would say, God, I, I believed in you. I've always believed in you. But that night, he dropped from my head to my heart. And then I entered into a personal relationship with him. And I experienced a love like never before. I was so full of joy. And I was from a broken home. And I went home. And I go, Dad, I'm a Christian now. He's like, you always were. But I wasn't because I didn't know Jesus. So my testimony is I experienced him in my heart that day, November 12, 1983, through Young Life. And I, so I was a senior in high school. So look for the people that you can share your testimony with and just live your life and look for people. And it doesn't have to be hard, but live your life and be sensitive to the needs around you and let the love of God, let him open doors and let the passion explode out of you and be real. People want real. People want real. They want to know you care. They want to know you love. And so just be real and let your love pour out and let it touch the lost and dying world. And don't hold back because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. But we need people that will be vulnerable, that will, will express, they'll take that chance. Like when I saw this woman walking through a parking lot the other day, she was literally all crooked and she wasn't that old, but she had back issues and she was crooked and sideways. And she went into all these, and I kind of looked out for her. And then at the cash register, I'm like, do you need a ride home? Can I give you a ride? And she's like, yes, because I'm thinking, no way is she going to carry that vitamin water home in the box when she's like this. You know, the <laughs> she literally 
was bent over and sideways. And so have compassion. Whatever, let your prayer be, Lord. What touches your heart, may it touch mine. And be vulnerable and just love people. I think I have to go now. But um, okay, so just love people and be real. Amen? Make disciples and go because you've been empowered. All power has been given to him and he's invested in you. So go in that power. Love people. Oh yeah, my email. Because I know you can only catch so much in one hour. And so, okay, this is, it's a Gmail. So basically, Katrina B. Miller, K-A-T-R-I-N-A, B as in Beth, because I am, uh, that's my middle name, Katrina B. Miller at gmail.com. I'm here for you. I'll connect under John Musgrave's leadership with church health. Anyway, we can be a blessing. But Katrina B. Miller at gmail.com. And I'm in the Dayton area. I love coffee. So let's talk. Anything. Father God, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your heart, your heart for disciples. I pray, Lord, for the fire of God that was burning in the national office that's being passed out through this project, Father God. I pray for the fire of God, the passion of God, the life of God, the burden of God, the burden of God for people to mature and grow and to be spiritually mature and spiritual formation. I pray that you will birth it, that you'll get a capture it, that we'll all capture it, that we won't um, be, the status quo will not satisfy us but we will understand and we will go and make disciples who make disciples by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. We pray. We say, come, Lord Jesus, fill us and give us wisdom now. In Jesus' name, amen.